Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. Hey, guys. Welcome to my coffee shop. Hey, uh, guys, we have a value today, and I'm so excited about it. Here's our value. We are one coffee away, and uh, it's one of six values. We're going through our mission and vision and our values, and so in lesson one, we talked about our vision statement. You heard the recap of that. Today, I get to talk about the fact we're one coffee away. And of course, we could have put we're one tea away. We could have put we're one lunch away. We're one dinner away. Uh, coffee seems to be the most popular thing. I like coffee in the morning and tea in the evening. So I, I like them both. But uh, it just means you and I spending some time with people. We thought we'd have a little set here. I don't know, I may stand up eventually, but I like this, it's kind of fun um, just to, to be hanging out in this way. Um, and I remember I was a young Christian, I had a mentor at a church and uh, I've always drank my coffee black, just black, that's how my parents drank it. And uh, I was with my mentor and I saw him put a ton of cream and a ton of sugar in his coffee. And, and I was just like shocked. I, I never, my parents all drank it black. We all drank it black. And uh, my dad once in a while put a little Irish stuff in there, Irish coffee, um, every now and then in the evening. But uh, I told my friend, I, I said, man, I, why don't you have a little bit of coffee with your cream? I said, if you, either you like coffee or you don't. If you like it, drink it black. And he looked at me and he knew I was Italian. And he said, well, he says, do you eat your spaghetti without sauce? And it was like, burn, he got me, right? He said, you put sauce in your spaghetti? If you really like spaghetti, you'd eat it plain, you know? And I said, okay, I get it, I get it, and I'll never bother you again. But, but, but guys, uh, this is all about relationships, and I love this value. It is so amazing. And uh, we, we have a little phrase here at Believers, and we say it this way, God's kingdom moves at the speed of relationships. And everything God does in our lives, uh, whether we're a Christian or not a Christian, every level we go up, it, it's because of a relationship that we had with somebody. It's something that someone helped us get to the next level. And what we wanna do in this lesson is we wanna talk about how important people are. So we, we have sub-values under, under this, and I wanna share the sub-values, and it just will make it come to life. So you're gonna see how much you're important and how much God loves you, but then we're gonna turn it to make sure we understand he feels that way about everybody. So here's our first sub-value, and I love it. Our goal in care, conflict resolution, and spiritual development is to take a relational approach, and we really feel that's important. And so let me uh, tell you a Joe story. I was born into this world as an extreme introvert. Do you, do you know what that means? I'm happy being alone. And, and uh, I remember I had six brothers, no sisters. And uh, mom would use, mom, my own mom would say, why don't you ever have any of your friends over? And I'd say, I don't need any. I'm, I'm, I, first of all, you gave me six brothers. I mean, how, how do I need a friend? Uh, I did have a couple of friends, but I just didn't hang out all the time. Uh, I was happy just being myself. And now, I love to hang out with people. I just love being with people. I love the lobbies and hanging out in the lobbies more than I do teaching. And I love what I'm doing right now, but I love the lobbies even more. And what I wanna say is, how did God take an extreme extrovert 
and caused me to want to be around people. He did something in my life. I, I call it spiritual maturity, and we're going to show you that in just a moment here. But uh, what, what it means is God showed me the value of people. And I want to make a statement to you. I've shared it a few other times in messages, but it is so true. Do you know that there's no person on planet Earth that God loves any more than he loves you? He loves you as much as any other person on this planet. Think about that. There's not one person he loves any more than you. We think of the great men of the Bible, the great women of the Bible, and you know what? God loves you as much as he loved the Apostle Paul, who wrote nearly three-quarters of the New Testament. We'll read a lot of scriptures God used his hand to write to us today. He loves you just as much as Paul. And there was a time in my life where I was striving for spiritual maturity, and I used to think it was so many different things. And I remember reading the book of 1 Corinthians and how important the gifts of the Spirit are, but I do remember God telling them they were carnal or not spiritually mature, but yet they were flowing in the gifts. And I thought, well, I thought that would be mature. I remember a time in my life where, and and it's important, there's so many things in the Bible that's important, but what God wants us to see is the number one sign of spiritual growth and maturity is to love people like he loves people. So think about this. God loves you more than any other person on the planet, which means he loves everybody in this room the same. Everybody that you just walk through a lobby to come into believers, he loves them just as much as any other person on planet earth. And so what God begins to do as we mature is he begins to show us the most valuable, most valuable, precious thing on planet earth is people. And there's a text in 1 John that is so powerful. It just shows us what spiritual maturity is. So take a look at 1 John chapter 4, verse 7. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another. So the topic is loving one another. We're going to see it also applies to non-Christians. God loves every non-Christian as much as he loves anyone else on the planet. We'll see that in a moment in another scripture. For love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. This is the Greek word agape that's translated as love. It's called the God kind of love, and it's the highest level of love. It's the love that lays its life down for other people. Now, notice there's two things you need to love like this. You have to be a child of God. That means there has to come a time in your life when you recognize Jesus is the only way to heaven. He's the son of God. I accept you as my savior, right? That's how you become a child of God. And then you have to know God. And the word know is gnosko. You don't have to ever remember it. It just means an intimate understanding or knowledge. So when we really know God intimately and understand God, here's what we're going to understand. Notice how this finishes out. It goes on to read, but anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. And think about it. The Bible could describe God in a hundred different ways. It could say God is power, right? God is strength, but it doesn't. It says, God is love. His very nature is love. And then notice this, verse 8, but anyone who does not love, it doesn't say you're not a child of God. You notice how they took one of them out that was in verse 7? It just says you don't know God. So we can be a child of God and not know God intimately. And we get to know him in all kinds of ways. We want to know how to pray. We want to know all these things. But the highest level of knowing God is when we come to the understanding that God is love, 
And God loves every person on the planet as much as he loves anybody else on the planet. He loves us all with this deep love. And I love what he says in the next two verses. Listen to verse nine. God showed us how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love, or this is love at the highest level. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Let's translate that, make it really simple. Uh, Love lays its life down, and that's what Jesus did, laid his life down for us. And so when we grow in the love of God, we begin to see all those people we rub shoulders with at work, at school, in our neighborhoods, our relatives, as we're walking through a lobby, we just begin, people stand out, right? And we begin to realize, hey, these people are important. We can't have coffee with everyone. We can't have tea with everyone, right? But God wants us not only to have our core friends, which is important, and to hang out with them is very important, but he also wants us to be looking for that person we can pull in and help them in many ways. We'll show you the different things we can do with coffee, right? And so he ends with this in verse 11. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, he laid his life down for us, we surely ought to love each other. That means laying our life down. Or let's say it this way, giving people some of our time. Because isn't that one of the most difficult things? Could we all agree that the commodity of time is the most precious thing? You know, I'm not talking spiritually, but naturally. I mean... We're all looking for more time, right? And to lay your life down and say, you know what? I'm going to give somebody some time to help take them to the next level. That's love at the highest level. But you and I will never do it, especially if you're an introvert like I was born, until we see how much God loves us and how he loves every person the same. And then people begin, oh, they begin to look different. So here's a prayer. I prayed this for you quite a few times this week. You can pray it for yourself. You can pray it for others. But take a look at this prayer, 1 Thessalonians 3:11 and 12. May God, our Father, and our Lord Jesus Christ bring us to you very soon. So Paul's praying that he would be able to come back and see them. But then notice the next thing. And may the Lord make your love, your agape, for one another. And then notice this. And for all people, even the lost, right? Grow and overflow just as our love for you overflows. And so we can pray and say, God, let your love in me grow and let it overflow. So I prayed that God would do that in all of our lives. I surely want it to happen at the highest, higher level. But that's how an introvert loves people, guys. Um, that's how an inter, inter, uh, someone that's an introvert can say, I could say I love people, but I love people so much I want to be with people. How did God do that? He opened my eyes up to how much he loves you and how much he loves us and how much he loves people. So we're one coffee away, guys. But let me give you some sub points. Here's the next one. We're one coffee away from showing we care and being the church. And I want to deal with Christians and non-Christians. And obviously, your close friends, when they're going through something really hard and difficult, we reach out, right? You always reach out to your close friends. I don't have to encourage you to do that. But, you know, when we see other people that are hurting, could be Christian, could be non-Christian, the Bible says we're the salt of the earth, we're the light of this world. And, of course, salt has more to do with the non-Christian. Light has to do with non-Christians and Christians. It's just us showing the love of God to people. And so God is encouraging us 
to be the church and to reach people that need reach that maybe we don't know. But there's so many hurting people, guys. After pastoring a church for 40 years, I can tell you, there's so many people in this crowd that are lonely. They're lonely. And you think, how can you be lonely in the crowd? Well, they walked through the lobbies and didn't talk to one person. And I'm not getting on any of our cases. I'm just saying uh, we begin to look and say, man, uh, who's out there? Who's hurting? Who, who looks like they're troubled that we can go to and say, hey, how you doing today? Introduce ourselves, right? Let's have coffee. And we're just reaching out. Somebody we meet in a connect group, wherever it might be, on the dream team. And we say, you know what? Let's have a coffee. Let's get to know each other better. And then how about those that don't know Christ, guys? Those that don't know Christ. I want to share a scripture with you and then a story. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 18. And it goes like this. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And I am so excited he did that for all the world. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. So we could say, well, this is just Paul and it's plural, so it's him and his team. But as you study the context, it's God's given all of us this incredible opportunity to help reconcile people. This would be a non-Christian and bringing them back to Christ, or a Christian that walks away. Listen to verse 19. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins. I love this against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. That is so amazingly awesome. God is not holding anybody's sins against him. And God has given us this ministry of reconciliation. So I want to share it with you, a part of the Lou's story. If you're new, Lou's the guy that was instrumental in leading me to the Lord. This is a part I hardly ever talk about. But, you know, he came up, bought a membership at our gym, and then he paid me to train him. And we owned a Still Valley Barbell Club across from the Southern Park Mall and behind Casey's restaurant there. And uh, it's now been torn down. But uh, Lou comes up. His friends told him, don't go up to that gym that's the den of Satan. Those guys are evil. We had a reputation, right? And, and we did. And so, but Lou said, no, that's where God told me, God told me to talk to the owners. I'm supposed to minister to the owners. And so Lou ends up being instrumental in me, leading me to the Lord. You know what he did the next day after I accepted Christ? Here's what he did. He said, Joe, I'm going to rent the back room at Casey's restaurant. I want you to start asking guys here to come to a Bible study. I don't remember if it was Wednesday, Thursday, but one night he says, started, I said, Lou, these are crazy guys. They were crazy bodybuilders and powerlifters. I said, Lou, they're not going to want to come here. You teach the Bible. He said, Joe, just ask people, ask people. Now, let me tell you what happened. But let, first, let me tell you about Lou. Lou was not a pastor. He was not a minister. Um, Lou was a lay person. He had an operatic tenor voice. And whenever his church, he went to church in Columbiana, whenever his church did a special number where they needed an operatic tenor, he sang. And Lou owned a business. He owned a collection agency. It was very large. And at the time, it was where the old uh, Bourbon Police Department was on Market Street there. Uh, he was right next to it. Now they tore that down, built a new one. But uh, he's retired. He lives in Florida. But he was a layperson. And he had these idiosyncrasies that made you want to make fun of him. He just did things. He would take pauses all the time and go. And it's like, it's awkward. Like, okay, what are you going to say, Lou? He was awkward and had a lot of those. And he wasn't a great Bible teacher. I remember one time he got off. Uh, 
at Casey's there, and he talked to us about being persecuted and tortured for Christ. And then he went on this whole rant about having your fingernails pulled off. And would you deny Jesus if you're... He did everything wrong. But guys, let me tell you what happened. I gathered guys. I think the first night we had five guys. They were ungodly tough guys. We found out a few of them were backslidden Christians, but the majority of them weren't. He ended up, he led them to the Lord. He led my brother Tony to the Lord in one of those sessions. We got it up to about 15 guys, and we started having revival through a guy that wasn't even a minister. And I got to thinking about what he did. Uh, he, he was instrumental in me, my brother Mike, my brother Tony, just us three. And I thought, I think of what our ministries have done. I think of the people that have been raised up and gone on the missions field, started churches, and I think, Lou did that. Lou. He was one coffee away from being the church, and, and he did that. And so in 2024, we're going to reveal to you uh, systems that you can use to help disciple and bring people to Christ. You're going to love it. We're looking for 20 catalytic leaders, 300 disciples making disciples, because we want to be a multiplying movement of disciples making disciples. So think about that. But just think about what Lou did and ask God to begin to give you a heart for the lost, because if Lou can do it, you can do it. That's a, that's a phrase we should use here at Believers, right? If Lou can do it, you can do it, guys. Because Lou, <laughs> going to pull your fingernails off. It's like, Lou did it. You can do it. I can do it. We all can do it, right? Um, listen to this. Uh, the next one. We are one coffee away from resolving our conflict and bringing clarity. And, you know, this it has more to do with people we probably know, but we're in conflict with them, right? And I got to thinking about this, and and, and uh, I listen to a lot of theologians, right? And uh, I digest what they say and try to make it fun. And, and so, uh, but I, I was listening, Matthew 18, you know, this famous verse, um, if your brother offends you or sister, go to them, just you and them and try to make it right. But if, but if it doesn't work, then take a couple more people. But if that doesn't work, then tell the church. And if that doesn't work, uh, excommunicate them, have no fellowship with them. And, and I'm like, whoa, God, that can't be me and somebody having a conflict over a little thing. There's got to be something here, right? And you come to find out that's referring to really big things like someone committed adultery with your mate, right? Someone stole $3,000 off you. It's the real big things. And the idea is you have to make that right, right? So God's given us a system. Now, the first part always applies. If someone offends you, you go to them, right? You want to try to make it right. That's important to go to people and try to make it right with people. It's the heart of God, right? And I like this scripture. Listen to this scripture, guys. Romans 12, 18. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men and women and people, right? And did you notice if it's possible? That means that sometimes it's not possible to be at peace or to, to, to fix problems with people. So I still have a couple people in my life that I'm at odds with, and uh, I never did anything bad to them. But if you pastor a church, you're going to have a few people get really mad at you, right? Um, so uh, I've gone to these people, and, and they said, we, don't wanna, uh, we just don't want to talk. I don't want to talk about it. And so I did everything I could. So what's my next step? I forgave them. I just said, Father, I forgive them, and someday I'd like to have total peace between us. But sometimes you can't have it, but you know what you and I can do? 
we can have peace. And here's why you want to have peace. Ephesians chapter 4, uh, verse 26 through 27, I didn't put it up there, but, but it says, don't go to bed angry. Don't go to bed out of sorts with anybody, but make it right, lest you open the door or give a foot in your life to the devil, our enemy, right? And so that's why we forgive. That's why we're one coffee away from dealing with conflict. Guys, it's important, not because God's going to do anything. We don't want to give our enemy any place, right? We want to make sure he has no place at all in our lives. And so some of you, as I'm speaking, um, you, you may think, I need, to, I need to act. I need to make that right. And I love this scripture, James 5, 16. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Notice what, how it goes on. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. So he, he's talking about our prayer life. But he says, confess your sins. So let me tell you another funny story. As a young Christian, I read this in a translation similar to this. And so uh, I'm young. I'm like 20. I'm struggling with pornography. I'm, I'm going to church. I'm trying my best. I'm repenting every time I fall back into pornography and uh, trying to overcome it. And I'd go to church and anybody there, anybody I talked to, I said, I fell in pornography again. Uh, would you pray for me? And I just tell everybody every sin I, I committed. And uh, finally, my pastor heard about it and he pulled me aside. He said, Joe, you shouldn't be telling everybody. I said, well, look, look at the scripture, pastor. He says, that Greek word means trespasses. And that means that if you offend somebody or they offend you, you should confess the fact that you trespassed against him. He said, it has nothing to do with your sins. Keep those to yourself, Joe. And I said, okay, Lord, because I was making people really awkward, but I was just trying to follow the Bible, right? But you know, on the serious note, this is talking about, hey, if I've offended someone, let me make it right. And sometimes that coffee, you might want it in private, right? Because maybe there'll be some tears and there'll be some crying. I've had some moments like that, right? And so you don't want to be in a public place like this, right? A coffee shop uh, during those times. Uh, here's my final one. And I, I love this one, guys. We're one coffee away from helping people take their next step. And for most of you, I would call you the choir, like I'm preaching or teaching to the choir, right? But what I want you to see, the choir, is that God needs you to help people take the next step, right? The next spiritual step in their life. So if they're not a Christian, right, the next step would be to help lead them to Christ, right? If they are a Christian, the next step might be water baptism, right? Because... Uh, Water baptism is a command. We're going to be doing it again at 11 o'clock service, and so I have to make sure I don't tip over here into the water. Um, but this kind of protects me from walking into it, right? Um, and, you know, I was baptized as a baby, and I had a godmother and a godfather. We called them Kamadi and Kampati in Italian, and uh, they were very precious in my life. I was baptized as a baby. They stood in, and they, they confessed Jesus for me, you know, and... Uh, and when I grew up and, and I met Christ at 19, I, I saw that I was to be water baptized. And that was a big battle for me. What a battle, because I thought, I don't want to deny what happened when I was a kid. So I kept the certificate. Mom and dad weren't Christians yet. And I told them, I'm being water baptized. And they said, you were already water baptized. Don't do it again. I said, I know, I'm not, I'm going to honor that. But I accepted Jesus. And I need to now, as a Christian, an adult Christian, I need to be water baptized. That's a commandment. 
and I went ahead and did it. And I, I really believe God met me in the water because I said, God, I'm just gonna, I'm letting the whole world, and of course it was in a church, but I'm letting everybody know I, I gave my life to you and I'm gonna serve you. Or a next step, guys, could be um, getting someone to take growth track. Growth track is different in every church, but you know what growth track here at Believers is about? Helping people know they have a calling and a gifting and that God created them to do something in his kingdom. And that's what we'll do if you go through growth track. Uh, we'll help connect you to that, right? And help you know where you can get involved. Now, I'm gonna give you Joe estimates, right? I've just This is from 40 years of observation, okay? I think it's pretty accurate, but it's, it's a guesstimate, a joke estimate, right? But uh, I'd say about 90% of God's people, they serve within the local church exclusively. That's where they use their gifts and their callings. And then about 10% help parachurch organizations, which is really important. We have some... Uh, cool ones represented in our church. We have some ministries here in the church. And then out, out of the 10%, about 50%, they, they volunteer at church and help because they have enough time to do it, you know. But that's your calling. And here's what I want you to see. And most of you know this, so I'm encouraging you. This is what you're headed for, right? There's coming a day in the future where every Christian will stand before what's called the judgment seat of Christ. And, uh, it's not to determine whether we go into heaven. It's where he gives out rewards, right? And, and I believe this. I've heard other ministers say it. I believe it. Uh, it. I believe when people cry at that moment, here's why I'm gonna cry if I cry up there, because God's gonna show me everything he wrote in his book for me to accomplish before I was born. Uh, Psalm 139 says that. Everything he's gonna show me. And, and then I'm gonna be shown what I accomplished, and I personally believe if, if I wasn't hungry enough and didn't do everything he wrote in the book, I'll cry over my lost opportunities. That's all. I'm just going to be so sad. I, you, mean, you, you mean I had the ability to do that? Yeah, you had the ability to do that, Joe. Oh, man, I wish I would have. Oh, I'll, I'll be upset. But he's going to reward us for how we lived. And majority of you, again, you're the choir listening to me, right? You're the choir. And, and man, I'm so excited about how God's using you, what he's doing. So I want to show you where you're headed, but then I want us to take that love for people and all the people around us. Maybe we'll have a coffee to help them take the next step, right? It's not the only reason we saw to have coffee, but listen to this text, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. I have fought a good fight. By the way, this is the Apostle Paul. God used him to write nearly three quarters of the New Testament, and uh, this is near the end of his life. So he says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race, meaning his race, and I have remained faithful. And now the prize awaits me, the crown of righteousness. And we don't know what this is. There's several crowns mentioned in the Bible, but it's part of the rewards of God. He says, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. And, and then you think, oh, yeah, you're going to get it. You're the big shot, Apostle Paul. But he goes on and says, and the prize is not just for me not just for Pastor Joe, not just for ministers, but for all who eagerly look forward to his appearing. And what does it mean to eagerly look forward to his appearing? Uh, it means that you're doing the work of the kingdom God created you to do. That's all. You're living for God, full blast. And uh, it reminded me of a, one more Joe story. You ready? Uh, my mom and dad, growing up, they gave us chores. And we had weekday chores, but then we had weekend chores, and those were big. And remember, I had six brothers. And uh, one of the chores was 
to, to detail dad's car. Every, every Saturday we had to detail my dad's car. He wanted it wax buffed, detailed on the inside. And then this other job I hated, we had to clean the basement. We had a 1600 foot ranch and the basement didn't have drop ceilings, so it had rafters. You saw the duct work going across. We had to straighten everything out. Can you imagine what seven boys could do to a basement in a week? But then we had to dust the duct work, and mom and dad would come and touch it to see if there was dust on it. We had to dust the furnace, dust the hot water tank. We all had chores like that on the weekend, big chores. And whenever we did the car, that was a big job. And in the summer, we'd do it in the backyard. In the winter, we'd do it in the garage. But then dad would inspect it. And when I did a really good job, I, I would be upset if he didn't respect it or inspect it real quick. And if two hours passed, I'd say, Dad, Dad, you're going to go look at the car? Man, go look. He goes, I'll get to his son, don't you worry. And then uh, if I did a bad job, I, I pray he would, I hope he forgets to inspect it, right? And, and that's what Paul is talking about. It's just Jesus inspecting our good works. We go to heaven by the grace of God. We can't earn the love of God. He loves us as, many, as much as any person on the planet, but he will reward us for what we do in his kingdom, right? And, and it's kind of, kind of be like that car. Uh, are you going to be excited about him coming and you standing? Or is it going to be something you think, I hope he waits. Uh, I hope he doesn't come today. Can we look at verse 7 again? It's just so important. I have fought the good fight. This is the fight of faith, guys. What does it mean to fight the good fight? What is it talking about? Man, uh, it could be fighting for something in prayer, and that would be accurate. But it's also, guys, by faith, we just have to walk. We have to walk through this world by faith, and it is hard, right? This world throws tons of things at us, and it is hard. We walk through valleys. We walk through storms, and we walk through tough times, and we lose people we love that in a non-timely way. It is hard, and we got to just say, I'm going to walk by faith. And then I finished my race. God, what you call me to do, I want to do what you call me to do. And, and then I like this one, I remain faithful. And how easy it is just to say, I'm just tired of this, God. I, I'm just going to walk away. And it's easy for all of us to say, I'm going to walk away. I remember when I wanted to walk away from the ministry, I told God, I just want to quit. This is, we went through a church split, and I just said, God, I want to quit. And I had some friends that kept me from quitting. I had a board that kept me from quitting. I just wanted to walk away, right? And that happens in all of our lives. But we want to just remain faithful, right? And God help, helps all of us to remain faithful. And we want to finish that race. So how do I conclude this, guys? Here's what I want you to see. Most of you are, you're, you've done a good job detailing the car. You're, you're excited about it. Whenever Jesus comes, I'm ready, Right? And, and yet there are people all around us. They, they need to take that next step and just be water baptized. They need to take that next step and just go through growth track. They need to take the next step and just come into the kingdom. And God wants to use us. He can't use us on everybody. We don't have enough time for everybody, but there's somebody that's around us that God could use us to help go to the next level. And I don't know about you. I've really enjoyed this. Uh, I like sitting down, although I won't do it next week, but but I really enjoyed it. This was kind of fun. I thought I'd stand up, sit down, but then I'm afraid I can't get up real smooth and, and uh, <laughs> I have to do it eventually. But uh, <laughs> I thought, ooh, my knees might be stiff by the time I stand up. But uh, I, I just, I think about what I opened up with. And guys, I'm giving you 40 years of growth in, in understanding that God loves us as much as anybody on the planet. And then just being able to shift it and say, he loves everybody that much, not just me. He loves you that much. He loves 
the people I rub shoulders with all through the world, the people that get on our nerves. He loves them that much. And then it just gives us a heart to say, all right, what can I do relationally? Because sometimes if you want to lead someone to Christ, uh, you have to get to know them, right? If you want to speak into someone's life, so, so being relational, just having a coffee. I, I rub shoulders with non-Christians and I'll say, hey, let's get a coffee, right? And the first time I have coffee, the second time, I might not say a word uh, about Jesus unless they open the door, but I just want them to know I care about them. Hey, what's going on in your life, man? What can I pray for you about? Just simple things like that. And then just seeing if God opens a beautiful door. And it's all about people. So I don't know about you, but are you excited? There's rewards coming for each and every one of you that are living for God, that we can help take people to the next level, that God loves us so much. Can we just give it up and say, thank you, Jesus? I'm excited about it. I'm excited about it. Uh, We're one coffee away. Let's bow our heads. Let's close our eyes. Father, man, I thank you for this opportunity to share your word. It's been a pleasure. I thank you even more, Father, that I have the privilege of rubbing shoulders with people in the lobbies. And Lord, I ask you to do this amazing thing in our life as we walk through spaces at work, spaces in our neighborhood, um, spaces at school, uh, just spaces in life, spaces in the lobbies. Lord, would you let a spotlight shine on people we need to just go up to and say, hey, what's your name? I'm so-and-so. And Father, help us to see people at the level that you see them. And Lord, first of all, we know what has to happen. You have to help us see how you see us. So thank you for taking us to the next level of how you see us. Thank you for helping us, Lord, have a heart for people. And thank you for this instrument called coffee or tea or lunch or dinner of just being able to get together with people and get to know people, people we are close to, people we don't even know. We thank you, Lord, for growing this so heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Lord, this week, would you show us somebody we can invite to coffee? Father, maybe it's somebody we can invite to Thanksgiving dinner, somebody we met in a connect group, somebody we know that doesn't have any family. But Lord, we're one coffee away from blessing that person, helping that person. So Lord, we thank you for just opening our heart as we walk through the week, Lord God. Thank you for doing what only you can do, Father, in each and every one of our lives. We thank you for it, Father God. And maybe you're listening to me right now and you're not sure if you're forever. You're not sure if you were to to die, if you go to heaven, go to hell, or you're not sure if God exists. You know, we read some cool scriptures. God is not holding, he is not holding our sins against us. He has not given us to wrath, but he's forgiven us. And if you can't remember a day in your life where you said, Jesus, I believe you're the only way to heaven, I can't help you see that. Only God can open your eyes up to it. But if if you can't re- remember a day in your life where that was something you saw and you called on the name of the Lord, I want to ask you, are you ready to do it now? The Bible says, whoever calls on his name, he will save. If you call on the name of the Lord, he will save you. So if you're listening to me, you say, that's me. Would you pray with me right now? The rest of us, can we help them pray? Just, just say this after me. Mean it from your heart. And guys, let's help them out. Say, Father God, I realize I was born sin-stained and I need a Savior. I repent of my sins and I look to your answer, Jesus. Jesus, I believe you're the son of the living God. 
that you died for the sins of the whole world, including mine. This day, I receive you as my Savior, and I declare you Lord, and I make a decision to follow you. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren, and you can get the service times and plan your visit at Believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast. Thank you.